Believe it or not, there are people who don't believe that we landed on the moon 40 years ago, or on a darker note, that six million Jews were killed in the Holocaust in World War II. Perhaps there are things that are simply too amazing or too terrible to believe. And although those are events in the recent past, we can also think about the future, even now, and think about all those things that are difficult, perhaps, for us to believe. It may be hard to believe that the pandemic will ever end. It may be hard to believe that we will transcend the polarizing antagonism in our political culture. It may be hard to believe that this nation will finally be healed of the wounds and scars of slavery and racism. It may be hard to believe that the hemorrhaging of young adults from the church will ever stop. Anywhere from 60 to 90% of our young adults depart from church attendance after they leave their parents' homes. But there is a thing that's even harder to believe, that has been difficult to believe for 2,000 years, and this happens to be at the center of our faith, and it is the resurrection of Christ. It's hard to believe. And in today's epistle reading, we heard St. Paul addressing this issue with the Corinthian Christians. They were struggling with disbelief in the resurrection. They wondered if it was even possible. And they were asking questions like, well, how does it happen? With what body does a person come back from the dead? And this is understandable, disbelief. After all, you don't see someone raised from the dead every day. But we do believe it happened before, and it, it is at the center of our faith. So the question for us today is, how do you believe in something that's hard to believe in. And St. Paul, as he's addressing the Corinthian Christians, he says, I remind you of the gospel that I proclaimed to you, which I received from someone else. I did not make this up. And he reminds us that over 500 eyewitnesses testify to the resurrected Christ. And so we get the answer from St. Paul. When it's hard to believe in something you haven't seen, believe in someone you've actually heard. And this is how tradition works in the church. We had Christ who was surrounded by his 12 disciples, whom he sent out as apostles. And then you have the countless thousands of martyrs who shed their blood willingly for their faith. And if you're looking for proof of the resurrection, that's the best proof we have. But all the way down to today, we have our bishops, who are the direct successors of the apostles. And you have priests like me, who are the representatives of our bishops. And guess what? Yes, even you are part of that chain of tradition, even part of that chain of apostolic succession. So how do you take your place in this living tradition? And how do you become someone believable when there's so many things that are hard to believe? My suggestion 
based on what we heard from St. Paul today, is a very simple one. Give voice to your faith. Give voice to your faith. When you read about your faith, whether you're reading Holy Scripture or the life of a saint, read aloud. Talk about your faith in your families, with your children and grandchildren, in Bible studies, in spiritual book clubs. Because a spoken word is a living word, spoken by a real person who cares enough to put voice to his or her faith. And it's a living word that is the carrier of faith. It's the living word that is the carrier of our tradition. I heard about a guy who uh, attends a Bible study that one of my friends attends who thought it would be really cool to have his phone read scripture to the group. Okay, well, you really lose something when a computer reads scripture to you. That's not the way to become someone believable. If you just read with your eyes and your mind, those words and thoughts and stories, they remain within you. But that's not the way to become someone believable. If you're going to share your faith, it has to come out of you. And if you're to fulfill your role in our tradition and become someone believable, you have to share the content of your faith. I learned recently that some of the grandchildren of Holocaust survivors have adopted the practice of tattooing in their own arms the prisoner numbers of their grandparents. And I read about a very poignant moment where one of these grandchildren showed her grandfather this tattoo. And the old man simply bent his head down and kissed it. Tattoos have long been associated with slavery. And since we are all slaves of God, I challenge you not to tattoo anything into your flesh, but to tattoo your faith upon your heart with the ink of Holy Scripture, with your tongue as the needle. And if you do that, perhaps you'll remember during this pandemic that we're enduring in the hope of the resurrection, perhaps you'll remember Psalm 90. If you do that, perhaps you'll become a healing presence in this land as we struggle and strive to be healed of the wounds of racism and slavery. Perhaps if you do that, the loss of young adults from the church may finally stop. If we give voice to our faith, and become someone believable. Amen.